Just a brief disclaimer before we get going, I am not a healthcare professional, I do not pretend to be one. I am simply the father of a child who has type 1 diabetes that hopes through my experiences that yours may get a little easier. Nothing that you hear on the Juicebox podcast constitutes advice, medical or otherwise. You should always consult with a healthcare professional before making changes to your healthcare plan, and I do not in any way suggest that you use medical devices in any way other than the way they are intended by the manufacturer. Of course, it just buzzed. Give me one second. Yeah, sure. Take I'll be right back. Yep, I'm here. Hello, welcome to the Juice Box Podcast. I'm Scott Benner. This is episode eight, a conversation with the co-founder of Night Scout, John Kostick. You know, I think on the surface, this episode is going to seem like it's about some, you know, really great, super smart people who understand technology in a way that most of us don't and how they were able to um, hack into the Dexcom CGM and really just explode its value for people. But I think if you look closer, this is a story about the diabetes online community and how it supports each other. I'm in awe of what's been done here. And this is a really interesting conversation with John. Here it goes. Alrighty. <laughs> what was that? Oh, I was a... You know, slight, really small bedtime correction. Gotcha. Try to get it to uh, float at 90 elevated if we can. So. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Um, well, there's no real hard start to this, so we're just talking. Okay. Go ahead and introduce yourself. I think that's a good place to start. Okay. Hi. Um, this is John Kostick. And let's see. Who am I? <laughs> um, <laughs> What's your background, John? My background... So I was a systems engineer at Kodak for about a decade and worked at Johnson & Johnson for a few years as a systems engineer, software engineer, and more recently um, a software engineer at Wegmans Food Markets. Right. So most of my background is in engineering and, and software. Okay. So I don't want to spend a whole bunch of time on, I think, what some other people do sometimes in their interviews, I, I want to really kind of stay laser focused, but it, it we do have to just for a second go over, uh, you are the father of a child who has type 1 diabetes. How old are they? I don't know if we're saying names or not. And when were they diagnosed? Um, Evan. So I have one child mm -hmm. uh, with diabetes. Evan, he was four years old when he was diagnosed. So, and that was just about two and a half years ago. Okay. And you... Let's see. Did you start with shots? Did you start right away with a pump? No, we started with shots, and we actually had the CGM first before we switched to pump. Before you switched to a pump. Or, okay. Yep. At what point does it occur to you, I could be getting more out of this CGM than I'm getting right now? Almost immediately. So and, it was, and just so it was just because your background and knowing that the that the transmitter is sending a signal that the receiver's picking up, and in your mind you think I could pick that signal up too. Yeah, it wasn't even I was wasn't even interested in grabbing the raw transmitter data. My initial, not even initial, my main goal is finding the path of least resistance in most of this. So my, I immediately recognized that I can pull data off this receiver using Dexcom software. Mm -hmm. So clearly there's a command that allows me to tap that data. 
Okay. So I immediately went after pulling it out of the receiver and as close to real time as possible. Where's the first place you looked at it just on a computer screen? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep, with the Dexcom Studio software. At what point do you say to yourself, I could be looking at this remotely? Um, shortly after dropping Evan off at daycare after our first weekend with the CGM. Mm-hmm. So I, I immediately I, recognized that, oh, I, I want this data as, as often as possible. Okay. So I am going to just come right out and be honest and say I, my, my grasp of what we're talking about, and by the way, everybody, we're here with John Costick and John, would we call you the, are you the creator? What, what word do you use to describe yourself? When we're talking about, uh, I usually co-creator. Okay, so you of Night Scout, and and tell people what Night Scout is. So Night Scout is a remote monitoring system that now supports both Dexcom and Medtronic CGM. Nice, very cool devices. Okay. So in addition to that data, you can also log treatment information. So boluses, corrections, even, I think, dad alerts and that sort of fun stuff. So they've added a bunch of treatment types. Okay. All right. And you're not re- you're not in any way affiliated with Dexcom or? or no. Metro- okay. You're just, you're a, you're a dad at home who's like, hey, I, I'm going to, I mean, is hack a bad word? I don't know. No, I mean, I it doesn't offend me. I know some has different connotation depending on who you ask. I don't okay. personally find any issue with it yeah i mean you you hack stuff all the time whether whether you want to call it that or not what was your timeline when did this happen when did you sit down and start figuring it out um just over two years ago so end of february 2013 wow okay so i know i become aware of it a long time ago now it seems like to me i feel like it was in the in the spring of 2014 maybe that i became aware of what you were doing and mm-hmm. and I, I was right away, I'll tell you my impression right away was, I thought it was fantastic. I saw a dad who was like, I want to take care of my kid. I need this information. I figured out how a way to, you know, a way to do it. But that really wasn't the part that I thought made you kind of amazing. So the thing I thought made you amazing was that you opened it up to everybody. Because you very easily could have just been like, all right, I figured this out. It's mine. And you know, Dexcom will come out with this eventually and everybody else will, will get it when they get it, but I've got it now. But what made you make it kind of open source and, and let it go to the community? Um, my initial, when I sort of discovered this or even when I first got the CGM, I started, you know, just tweeting, you know, our experiences. Mm-hmm. And early on I was contacted by Lane Desborough who wanted to do something very similar for his son. And he and I began to work together. And Lane is is an amazing individual and he was very encouraging, very helpful, and really got my mind thinking about open source more and more. Okay. And then in the fall of twenty thirteen I was invited to what's called the D-Data Exchange, that Tide Pool and Diabetes Mine hosts. Right. And there I met Howard Look, who, who is the CEO of Tide Pool. And here's this nonprofit open source group writing great 
software for type one diabetics, really unifying people's data, and and that's really the inspiration. Lane and Howard, I would say specifically, to say, hey, you know, there's there's let's give it to everybody. There's yeah, let's give it to everybody. There there's room to do this, and obviously, I, I mean, legally, I was very concerned. Sure, um, it was very clear to me that regulatory concerns and liability are two distinct animals. Mm-hmm. And I was more concerned about the liability and, you know, I could do all this work and build this system for my son to have this freedom and to get our lives back. But what good is that if we get sued into oblivion? So, you know, I was very nervous and that was probably the biggest delay into making it open source. Yeah, I would say so. Because because at some point it's going to get big enough if it hasn't already that someone's going to be using it and not even know they're not using a Dexcom product, I would imagine, at some point, right? Like, Because you guys are simplifying it and streamlining it to the point where it is just an app now at this point, right? Like, if you have the share, am I right about that or am I wrong? Have you, are you not that far into it yet? Like, do so, you need the rig anymore? To a certain extent. So mm-hmm. there's, there's just in the past couple of weeks, there's been a lot of progress. Um, so... I think I think the the main thing that makes it distinct in and as far as not being the most super user friendly system is you you still need to go out and and set up a server on a cloud service somewhere right. either Azure or Heroku or or something like that. So that step while they've documented it really well um folks in the group in the support group they've done a great job and they really help people, you know, pretty much immediately when yeah requesting um but that step sort of makes it obvious that it's that it's not quite plug and play right right that it's not something coming from the company so that is so i guess now when i looked into it originally my i had a couple of initial thoughts like i said fantastic amazing i can't believe you guys are doing all this and then i looked at the initial setup which was you know, an Android phone cabled to the Dexcom receiver. They were kind of bound together. And mm-hmm. and before I, I was like, oh, that seems like a lot. And that that's how it struck me at first. I said, this might be something a lot of people would use. It, not right for me. The other thing that got me was I wanted to be able to yell at somebody if it didn't work. <laughs> and I don't want to yell <laughs> at you. You seem like a really great guy. So that kind of like, I guess that part of me likes a company standing behind something, like just so that I have recourse. Um, and, and that was a big deal to me. And then the other thing for us was that I just assumed it was coming at some point and right. the way I wanted to use it was kind of smaller than the way I was seeing other people using it. To me, like the Dexcom share just means I don't have to get out of bed at night and walk across the house to see what the Dexcom says. That That's how I use it 99% of the time. Um, and I thought, oh, I'll just, I'll wait, like it, it'll be coming. But I think the weight I was willing to endure was shortened significantly by what you guys did. And and what you guys did for people who are maybe just jumping in and don't completely understand is, you know, you just took, you know, for, I mean, if you're listening to this and you don't know what a Dexcom CGM is, I guess, wow. But, you know, for anybody who's not listening, it's a, it's a continuous glucose monitor. There's a, a sensor that goes under the skin, a receiver or a transmitter clips into the sensor. It sends a signal to a receiver. The receiver has to be within about 20 feet of that range. And that used to be the only way you could see the information was having that receiver being close to the sensor that was on your body. 
you guys bundled the receiver to an Android phone that sent the signal to a cloud service, and then people were able to get it on a million different ways, on browsers, on Android phones, and on you know Pebble watches. There's a bazillion different ways you guys had it working and still have it mm-hmm. working. Um, and then, but how did, I guess what's my real question is, is at what point did you look at it and say, like, oh my God, like this is like bigger than life. Like we are now, because you guys were, you guys are pushing it at one point. Like, I don't think it's a, it's a secret that the FDA, I'm guessing, and I'm not, you know, I'm obviously not speaking for any, you know, from any direct knowledge, but the FDA ends up approving the share too probably much quicker than it was going to because you guys got out in front of it, did it and showed them, look, it works. People want it. It's not hurting anybody. You might as well go ahead and do it. At some, when did you feel like that was happening? Like, is there, or was it a surprise to you? Um, don't know that we were surprised. We had some inclination that there was going to be this sort of change in classification, just not even with our conversations with them, but some of the, guidances they were putting out seemed to indicate that there would be this sort of reclassification of devices that basically just repeat data from a class three device. And, and Dexcom, so, Dexcom was pushing that. Like you, I, am I right? Do you, do you know, or I'm, I'm guessing, but kind of from what I hear from their financial calls, sometimes it feels like they were, they were pressing the FDA to kind of, to change a little bit, but I still think it happened. Yeah. yeah I mean, John, it used to be, you'd hear, you'd hear tell of an of a insulin pump that people were using in Europe for years, and we still would just, by the time it would get here, it was, it was just old, you know, it was old hardware by then. Nobody even wanted it anymore. It, it, the FDA has been a slow and, and trudging process for, you know, for medications and for devices like this forever. And now all of a sudden, like, you guys are like, hey, look, we did it, and in what seems like no time in FDA years, now all of a sudden they're like, okay, go ahead. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I, think, I think Night Scout certainly played a role mm-hmm. in, in expediting those approvals for, for Dexcom, something they were seeking out anyway. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say definitively that we made both the FDA and Dexcom move a little faster, but it's it's possible it's very possible that seeing that unmet need and i think in in the wall street journal article back in september about night scout i think it was courtney leas from the fda is quoted as saying you know clearly these these parents these individuals are are crying out for this sort of functionality this unmet need there's a huge unmet need and they saw it and i think they they said, "Let's let let's get it out to these folks right. as quickly as possible." Yeah. So, so I'm 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 ecstatic to see the share and the share two, and you know, I the share two that that was so fast, right? It basically made that share cradle obsolete. Well, that's what tells you immediately. It, yeah, that's what tells you that even Dexcom had no idea because there's no way. And again, this is sup, supposition on my part, but there's no way that company went to the trouble of designing and building and marketing those cradles if they were only going to be around for five months no company would have done that so no and I, they, yeah they were I think, surprised yeah I, th- I think night scout and the cgm in the cloud facebook group gave dexcom a tremendous amount of marketing insight right yeah 
you know, the, the cradle wasn't necessarily exactly what people wanted. They wanted something integrated, something ambulatory that that they wouldn't wouldn't only be using at home necessarily. So, so I'm, yeah, no, it's 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 very nice to see that sort of quick turn on things and to even be a hint that Night Scout played a part in it is is great. It's got to be gratifying because it, it is unprecedented and it's possible that it could inform how everything happens moving forward, which would be great for, I mean, you know, things like low glucose suspend on a, on an insulin pump. That's something yeah. that just seems like, you know, common sense that yet we, we can't seem to get things like that. Um, so how do you find yourself using it with Evan? Um, now he's not in preschool anymore. He's probably in, is he? He's in first grade. He's in first grade. Okay. Um, are you, you and your wife both looking at his data all day long or do you not look at it at all or how do you do it? So I, I do look at, it. I wouldn't say it's, it's up all the time, but I have my Pebble watch and it will alert me when it's predicting a low or a high mm-hmm. and it'll alert me when the school nurse logs a treatment. Um, and that's sort of the extent and that's where we kind of want to be with it. So a, we're not being completely distracted by diabetes and and neither is evan we don't evan doesn't currently wear a pebble he's made you know he's shown some interest that he'd like to wear it but i don't think he'd want it to alarm okay all the time so it may be just something like you know he just wants to be able to glance at it if he because there are times where he'll start to dip low and he feels hungry but you know he can't see his blood sugar because it's not necessarily like hanging on the wall at school, but I think they do have a tablet at school up somewhere. But um, so does he not have his receiver with like on his person? No, he has basically his his type one pack we call it, uh-huh. and then has his glucagon, some glucose tabs, uh, a care sheet, and you know his his glucose meters, finger check there, and his rig. So we've gotten his rig down to about three by five in this nice little case. Right. And it just sets in there and it just goes with him. And it's been so reliable at this point. We, you know, we set the alarm so they're not super obtrusive at school. And the nurse, I I mean, first of all, our nurse is amazing. I mean, just amazing. So she's right on top of stuff. If there's an issue, she'll, she'll call the classroom, have him give him a glucose tab or go right down there and help him. And, you know, fortunately, the more more she's worked with Evan, I mean, she just intuits his type one similar to how Laura and I do. And she's just, she kind of understands it and knows the ranges he should be in at certain times a day and just, yeah, you know, after just you, rocks. It. After you've been through enough situations, it starts becoming intuitive. Um, yeah. So, so he's not really directly involved. Like, if he's low, the nurse comes to him. Or, um, or he yeah, at this to, point. Yeah. Okay. Right. We're we're slowly sort of working with him to transition him to do more self-care. I mean, he just turned seven. Absolutely. So I, it's Yeah, I think a slow transition is the best way because I think they learn a ton without knowing they're being taught a bunch of stuff. It's you don't you're not sitting down and going, Now when this happens, do this and when this happens it just they have experiences over and over again and before you know it. Like I know with Arden, you know, my daughter's um she's gonna be eleven this summer, she's in fifth grade. And we, you know, before I could see, you know, her, her blood sugar on my cell phone, we just did it. It's all through texting. Mm -hmm. And so, 
you know, it, she would text and, and I don't know what, you know, I know you're in New York, I think in New Jersey, she can test her blood sugar in her classroom. There's no restrictions on where in school you can test. Yep. And so I, I think it was, it's about third grade when we just, I just said one day, I'm like, I don't want her to go to the nurse anymore. Like she's missing way too much class time. We're going to, I'm going to start doing it directly between her and I, just the same as we would if we were together at home or, or anywhere. And, yep. and that's been great because slowly, slowly, slowly she's, she's figuring it out. But with the texting, you know, there's, there's, there's obviously there's gaps when I don't, I don't know what she is. I don't know what her blood sugar is. I don't know what direction it's moving, but I found that those gaps, they really helped me learn. Like, I feel like I'm my own predictive data at this point. Right. Yeah. So a great example is today. Isn't it funny when you need an example about diabetes, it just happened. Um, but, but today's a great example. Around noon, Arden says to me, can I go to the mall with my friend and her mom at three o'clock? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. And at that point, there was a, you know, we had a handoff mistake uh, when she kind of went from my care to Kelly's today. And there was a miscommunication about what some of the insulin was for. So when she ate something, she didn't get enough insulin. She's a real carb heavy thing. And her blood sugar just starts shooting up. And I mean, really like three, we don't see a lot of 300s, but it's flying up. And as it's going up and up and up, it goes so fast and so high. The Dexcom quits, goes to three question marks. So now we've lost mm-hmm. the, we've lost the Dexcom. Her blood sugar is going up. This three o'clock hour is coming in closer and closer and her pumps. Uh, due to be changed tonight at like eight o'clock. I'm gonna, mm. take, I'm gonna take a drink. I'm sorry. It's good. And so, um, and so I'm like, all right. Well, we can't run the risk of this pump giving out during this high, especially without the CGM. So I switch her pod, and we get you know in, you, we get more insulin going. The, you know, I never get a number back the whole afternoon when she's sitting here. And at three o'clock, we test her, and her blood sugar still significantly high. Um, my God, it must have been like 380. And so mm-hmm. I bolused again without a CGM, and she got in the car and went off with her friends. We set timers on her phones. I talked to the mother. I said, look, I need to talk to you 45 minutes from now. We're going to test again. And, and I'm very glad to say that Arden's blood sugar is like 100 right now, and everything's fine. But, <laughs> but I wasn't nervous when she left the house. Like not even right. the, the, the slightest bit. And trust me, she had a ton of insulin going, you know, with an old pod and a new pod. Who knows? I didn't even know how much she actually had in her. And, right. and you know, I have no ability to see her blood sugar. And still, I'm just like, okay, go ahead. Because I could feel it. Like, I know it sounds ridiculous. But after years and years and years, I'm like, I know how this is going to go. And if we set timers at the exact right times, we should be able to head off any kind of unforeseen, like, things I can't guess. And, and listen... Something can always go wrong. I'm not saying that. Right. But um, I think the being blind taught me that. And that was mm-hmm. one of my biggest fears when not just not Night Scout, but the ability to like remote monitor blood sugars. When that first came up, it was one of my biggest fears that people wouldn't have the ability to then live through enough of those experiences to become mm-hmm. their own predictive data. And I'm really interested to hear how that's been going for you. I mean, it, it's gone well. I mean, we can't complain about Evan's outcome, and I mean his his outcomes are great. He's, he's super healthy, yeah. and I think quality of life. We've all benefited 
tremendously oh, oh by God. not having diabetes dominate our lives. It's obviously still ever present, whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. And, and there are times where it, you know, it jumps in and rears its ugly head, but you deal with it, you go on and, and I don't think having the remote monitoring has numbed me that I, to that. I think it may, part of it may just be, you know, how, how my mind works. I just have, you know, like you said, you just have this intuition about your child's diabetes at some point. Your, your experience isn't going to be everybody's, but you don't feel, you don't feel lost when the data is gone, right? Like you're, you're not, like if, if during a warm up period or if it gets knocked off while something's happening, you, you don't, you, I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth, but do you panic at that point or do you feel, do you no. feel like I can, I can do this fine blind? Yeah, we can do it blind. And one of the things that, that Night Scout does is it, it, it removes some of that oh, blindness. Sure. So we can, we can see what the receiver's seeing, even though it's not showing any glucose values. Okay. So we can see what, what they call raw data. Mm-hmm. So we can see during those warm-up periods. And, but this is sort of this sort of gray area where you say, okay, you know, Dexcom's not showing me this information for a reason because they know that it could be wildly inaccurate right. and not trustworthy. So as long as you go into it with that notion. So this morning we changed. I put a new sensor in. Yeah. So I, I did a finger check when I put it in. I could see the raw data that whole time. And basically, I ignore the glucose value that it's, that it's giving me. And just lean on the arrow? Lean on the, the, the trend. Yeah, yeah. Right? So as soon as I see it doing something that I don't expect or, you know, a, a fast drop or whatever, you know, or, or rise, you know, I'll, I'll go give him another finger check and, and, and see where he is. But today, I think we went those two hours without a single finger check. He's, he was pretty, pretty flat. Right. I mean, but, I, I, Justin, John, I would tell you that when Arden was diagnosed – um, you know, eight years ago or so, I think it was 2006, you know, they gave you a, it was a bunch of needles and here you go and you're on your way. Mm-hmm. And it was insanely frightening and overwhelming. And I, I don't want anybody to feel like that if they don't have to. And I, I believe that moving forward at some point when insurance gets out of the way, I think most people, if they want one, will leave the hospital with some sort of a glucose monitor, you know, I, yeah. but, but in the past it's been, let, let's let you live through this so you can really understand it. I mean, it was always the idea of like, you know, if all the technology goes down, I want you to be able to do this on your own. Mm-hmm. And, and that sounds like something that you're, you're well capable of doing. I know I can, you know, for me, this might be a good time to say that, um, you know, you and I have spoken before a long time ago, because I really mm-hmm. did as soon as this, as soon as you guys kind of came up, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I really wanted to talk about it. And I interviewed a bunch of people for a blog post that I wanted to write. You and about 10 or so users of Night Scout in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then I very, very obviously never wrote about it. <laughs> and um, the reason for that was I couldn't even write about the reason why I didn't write about it. And trust me, I tried a number of times. The reason was I spoke to these 10 or so people and I would tell you that a good portion of them seemed very reasonable, just like you do right now. Like, you know, one guy was just like, I just want to see how the technology works. One of them was like, 
you know, I just don't want to have to get out of bed at night. And one of them was like, I just, you know, you use a, 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 a preschool that I, I can't kind of can't trust completely. You know, right. everybody made sense. And for everybody that, in my opinion, seemed kind of, I don't, I don't want to use reasonable, but, but within my expectation of what, of what I would be comfortable telling people who read my blog, most of the people seemed really in line with that. The rest of them seemed scared in a way that I had not imagined they would be. They were, mm. mo- they were mostly newer diagnosed people, like their children were more newly diagnosed. And it occurred to me that talking about it, I was going to reach as many people who were just like, hey, I, I, I'd just like to not get out of bed as much. And I was also going to reach people who I was going to be telling, and these people were going to be frightened out of their minds. And then I felt like I couldn't be certain that taking away the experience of learning how to be your own predictive data, how that was going to hurt them. Like, like, and I mean, I'm, listen, I don't have the biggest blog in the world, but a lot of people read my blog and I felt really responsible for that. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't figure out a way to say that without like, without insulting someone, because I don't mean it to be insulting. You know, everybody handles their diabetes in their own way. I'm completely respectful of that. Um, but I have my own sort of core values around it. And if I'm mm-hmm. going sh- to share, they're, they're going to emanate from those kind of core values. And, and my, one of my biggest feelings is like, don't be afraid. Like, you know, right. you learn, learn the best you can, you know, be careful where you need to be careful, but don't let fear overwhelm you. Like, I don't, I don't want to be responsible for some kid somewhere living this like life of like under someone's thumb because right. I know how scared you could be in the beginning and it would be an absolute disservice to those people if they stayed in that fear forever. Because I was in that fear, right. and I and I and I fought my way out of it. Now maybe, I'm maybe now I'm just the old man in the in the room who's like, oh, that's not how they used to do it. I mean, maybe this just won't be a problem moving forward. But I heard specific things from more than enough people that scared me away from talking about it, which I feel badly about. An, moving forward because I really think what you did is fantastic. And it really did show that kind of community spirit that you find in the diabetes community. And I really did want to get behind it and be like, wow, look at this guy and these people, look what they're doing. It's fantastic. And I couldn't find a way to write it. Sometimes I wrote it out and I was like, Ooh, this tells the whole story. But there were so many words. I thought no one's going to read this whole thing. You you know, and I'm like, I can't, I can't, can't trust they're going to get to the end. And one time I had it, and I was like, oh, it's, I'm ambivalent here in the middle. And finally, I ended up saying to my wife, so this is kind of your fault, this podcast. I said to my <laughs> wife, I think if I could say it out loud, people would understand what I meant, but I can't find a way to write it down. And that was it. I just, that was the first time I said it out loud. And from that moment, I thought maybe if I started a podcast, maybe if I just did it and, and recorded it one time. And so that really is how this all started, because I promised people that I would talk about night scout and I just, I, I can't <laughs> let go of that feeling. Like I know that I really want to. And, and so here we are doing it. Um, so I, I don't know what kind of a, an apology that is to all the people who gave the interviews and were maybe were waiting to hear something. And I know I was, excuse me, I know I was, you know, obviously missing from the conversation and I'm sure some people took that the wrong way, but I just couldn't figure out a way to say, 
you know, I and I can't even give you the example right now. I have an example that I could give you from one person that I spoke to, but I won't do that to that person. You, you know, right. right, right. But their fear was so real and so frightening, and the lengths they were willing to go to protect their kids in that fear, which was, you know, exactly what you'd expect from a parent, but it was, in my estimation, significantly over the line. And, you know, I, so I just didn't want to feel like I was responsible for making anyone feel scared. And, and you know, in, in online, in an abbreviated situation, I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, and, and I, th- I think, I mean, I think that's a very fair assessment. So you don't, you don't know... And, I, and, and again, part of my concerns with liabilities, I don't know how people were going to use it. Right. Were they going to use it the same way Laura and I do? Would it help them the same way it helped us? Or as in, in, like, like your thought that perhaps it would handicap folks and, and not allow them to, to develop core skills to really help survive and really alleviate the fear you got, you have to know that you can handle these awful situations right and, and I for think- us and for us the remote monitoring the system enabled us to do that yeah to really hit things real early and keep his life uninterrupted and it moved moved us out of that sort of fearful realm yeah and, John, I mean- and Make no mistake, it's fantastic. If we started with shots, Arden's A1C was the nines. And then the next piece of technology I switched to was an Omnipod insulin pump. And I brought her A1C down into the mid-sevens with that. But mm-hmm. then I was stuck there. Like, I couldn't get out of that space. And then we got the first Dexcom. I think we had the 7 Plus the first time. And I bumped it a little bit. And then, you know, we upgraded to the, the G4. And I got, her blood, I, I got her A1C lower. And then I started texting. And the, and the texting is what brought it down to where it is now. I mean, Arden's last A1C was 5.9. I don't know how long we can stay there, but, but that all it was in a nutshell is not waiting, right? Like I'm going right. to eat now, you know, I, lunch is at 11. So Arden eats lunch at 11, but we, we bolus for lunch at like 1035. And mm-hmm. so, um, could I do that if she had, if she didn't have a CGM on? Absolutely not. Right. You know, so I, now I've got a great pre bolus for lunch. And if somehow the pre-bolus doesn't work or I've miscounted carbs or something's happened, it used to be she'd if, her, if lunch was 11, she'd go in the nurse at 5 of 11. She'd get insulin, and by 11 o'clock, she'd be eating. And then not until 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, three hours later, because we felt like that was the life of the insulin, would she go back to the nurse and look again? You know, and right. And then you're 325 or you're whatever you are. And then you bolus for that, and then that finally comes down. Now what you've happened is that there's been five or six hours of a high blood sugar, right? Right. And now she gets a, a good pre-bolus, and at 11.30, quarter of 12, if she starts getting above 150, we, we take action. Like, I yep. know that that's not something your nurse practitioner would tell you to do, but I'm not saying like a giant bolus, but we'll throw a little more insulin on. Like, I'm like, if I see like 150 diagonal up, I'm like, hit that a little bit. And let's yeah. try to keep it there. Let's try to get back to 100. And if we get low, we're not going to get low out of nowhere. It's going to, you know, you'll beep and you're in the room with people. And, and then she texts me and we do something about it. Yeah, Arden right. hasn't been to the nurse at school since third grade. You know, and she's just about through fifth grade now. 
Uh, right? But it was it's those moment to moment like n- like bumps that to be able to make, and sometimes right. and that's know. that's what we don't. I mean, it's the the range that we can manage to is so much tighter. Oh my right? god! Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, it, and for us, people say, "Oh, would you get a CGM or a pump?" And you know, if you had to choose one, I would I would always say the CGM. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard. It's very difficult to argue with. It really is. Um, together they're amazing, but you, yeah, know, you yes, tw- tw- twist my arm and I think what you said is right. And, yeah. and, you know, so, so there you are, right? Like it's so like Arden's low threshold is 80. Like we don't start paying attention to her blood sugar till it's below 80, you know, yep. you know, and I, I have 150 cent as, as her high and you know, that's not, it doesn't get in the way at school. It, it, it I found that I used to have a wider threshold and I kept, and I, I finally started seeing, I'm like, well, we react when we get to these, this threshold. Like, what if we just reacted a little sooner? And, and I thought right. it would be more like intensive, like involved, but it's not like you, you keep squeezing that, those two lines together. And the only thing that seems to happen is we get more stable in range blood sugars, right. you know, and, and that's that technology. And I mean, it's, yep. it's, it's, it's just, it's not something that can be replaced easily. And no. it's a huge part of why, you know, why everything's going so well for us. Could I manage Arden's blood sugar without all this stuff? I could, but I'd get back to those like, well, let's wait. And why do you wait? You wait because you don't want to be doing a finger stick every, you know, every right. every hour, right? And I bet you her A1C would go back into the sevens, probably the mid to high sevens if, if I lost the technology. I don't, you know, I don't think anything scary would happen. We'd probably have a couple of... Um, lows sneak up on us every month. Whereas now, you know, when they start sneaking up, you can kind of squelch them before yep. they get there. But I mean, it, it really, it's, it's, it's unprecedented how fantastic it is. So how do I use, I, I'm not using night scout. I'm just, we are an Apple family. So I was able to use the share too with, with just the apps mm-hmm. um, that, that Dexcom provides the way I'm using it right now when she's at school is when our timer goes off, I now check, I look at her CGM and sometimes mm-hmm. we're able to um, just skip over a text because sometimes the text is just what's your CGM yep. say? It's 140. Right. Okay. And that's the end yep. of it. Right. Right. So now that that's gone away and it's, it's been really helpful. And I, I, you know, I won't lie, like, you know, um, a diagonal up arrow at, you know, at 110 isn't something Arden would text me about, but depending on the situation, I might text her about it. So I, right. I you know, I am, I am using it more than I imagined I would. But for me, I mean, the real saving grace of it is just is not having to walk across the house in the middle of the night. You know, you hear those, <laughs> you hear that beep. There's nothing worse than hearing that beep and pulling yourself out of sleep across yep. the house and looking and going, oh, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I'm happy with that. And turning around and going back again. Like that's the a broken sleep is maybe the worst thing in the world. So, um, you know, it's, it's been really crazy. Hey everyone, it's Scott. I just wanted to take a second to thank you. You guys have been leaving um, feedback for the Juice Box podcast on iTunes in the form of reviews and ratings, and that is driving the podcast up in its category. Thank you very much. Please do more of that if you can. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, go to it on iTunes and subscribe. And right next to the subscribe button, there's a little arrow. You can click on it and tell your friends about the podcast if you think they'd be interested. Share, 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 review, 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 rate, rate, rate. That's what drives the podcast up in iTunes and keeps it easy for other people to find in search results. You know what? While I'm going at this, let me just remind you, 
Juicebox Podcast on social media, Twitter, Facebook, etc. And my type 1 diabetes parenting blog is at ardensday.com. Um, and also on social media at ardensday. So juiceboxpodcast.com, ardensday.com, at ardensday on social media, at juiceboxpodcast on social media. Thank you very much for the support. And I'm getting some great email feedback. I appreciate that also. And uh, that's pretty much it. Let's get back to it. You guys have done... So you've you've come a long way in a short amount of time. Like there used to be this fairly big rig, but now you're saying what Evan's carrying is is smaller. But you've branched out. Like you're you're just not just Android at this point, right? Can I is is that actually can iPhone users use Night Scout too at this point? Yes, in a way. So Scott Hanselman of Microsoft, to himself, he he has diabetes, and Ben West. Mm-hmm. Who is very involved with Night Scout and one of one of the the lead folks there? So they took a look at how Dexcom was pulling information into the Follow app. So using those same what they call API calls, these programming interface functions, they can take your data out of Dexcom's backend their database and put it right into night scout so you can use the share app dexcom share app and pipe that data into dexcom and basically have both systems okay. up and running so if you have have night scout set up they have basically i forget what they're calling it like a sidecar app so a little service that you can install alongside of it and you put your share information in and it'll and it'll just it'll pop that data into the Night Scout database, and and use that. So that that right now is how someone on an iPhone only system can get their data into Night Scout. Now the the brilliant Stephen Black. Um, early on, I sent him my Share Cradle because I wasn't using it to take a look at the the Bluetooth protocol, and I had some information that I had gleaned on communicating and authenticating with that, and I sent that along to him and said, you know, you've been so fast at getting things up and running. So he developed what's now called XDRIP. So basically the the do-it-yourself receiver. So very skilled um, engineer. Yeah, you guys are, I mean, I, listen, I don't live in your Facebook group, but I'm in there enough. It's every, I feel like every time I go in, there's like a new code name for something <laughs> and, and something else has happened and there's another app and and is it is it something, John, is it something that's mainly for people who are tech savvy? Because I'm going to tell you that the closest I've ever come to what you're talking about is I I did put a bigger hard drive in my TiVo like 10 years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's, it's a little more advanced than that. But the thing is, again, um, so Stevens with X-Strip is, requires some soldering and buying certain components. And you're basically... It's a do-it-yourself receiver that you're wiring together and connecting a right. battery to, and then using um, his app and his calibration is that, algorithm. Is that the one I see in the Tic Tac yeah. container? Yeah, is it? That's fantastic. So, but so what Stephen did with the share, it was he and the and um, uh, this engineer in Prague, Lorelei. So they're genius level folks, and they basically. Now, through Android, we can pull, using the share Bluetooth connection, the data out of the receiver. So, so effectively, 
it's it's in early beta, so this is all within like the last week or so. Yeah. So folks are testing it, and it's been running really well. And the newer versions of Android are really what it runs well on. There, it's buggy on their earlier versions, and that has more to do with their Bluetooth stack okay. just being buggy. But effectively, you have wireless rigs now, right? Well, since you see since you see so much of the inside of this, can you? And, and this would just be you guessing out into the wind, but why do you think Dexcom hasn't been able to get their Android app out yet? Now, they're saying by the end of 2015. Yeah, I think so. I, I think Android is a trickier beast because how many Android devices can you name, right? I mean, and they all have slightly different versions of the operating system. The core Linux kernel underneath could be a little different. So how... So my question is, how do you validate? Do you, do you have to say, well, we only support these three handsets or the, the this tablet or... Right, because they can't do they can't cover every device that and with every version of every software. It would probably be impossible to validate. Right. And I, they're not a huge company and maybe they're just spinning up as far as staffing for an Android app. And maybe they didn't think the demand would be quite as large. And I think I think iPhone, going after iPhone for an initial approval is the right move because you know hardware wise you're not going to be spread super thin and we have to give them a lot of credit in that they they were they're the first to to really push this remote monitoring and yeah, getting sure. this app approved by the FDA so it was sort of hey let's and and I I did the same thing with with the Night Scout iOS app the first version in the App Store is very low on features because I didn't know if Apple would even let it in so if Dexcom's mentality was, we're not going to throw resources at an Android app if we can't even get an iOS app. It- yeah, because, because for, for people who aren't maybe savvy about it, I mean, Apple's products are all, they're the same. The operating's the, operating system's the same. It, there's not a bunch of different kinds. So it makes it, it makes it you know, a, a, that's why I think you don't even see the app on iPad yet because they focused on the phone. Yep. Yeah, and getting it working on the phone. And the yeah, they had they had to pick something. a really small segment to get, and they know that iPhones are popular, and people, you know, it's not going to be like they're hitting some target where nobody's got the devices and won't be running their stuff. They, yeah. they picked a popular. And listen, mo- mobiles. The my blog sees a lot of it. It's fifty fifty traffic still desktop to mobile. But on the mobile side, it's seventy five percent Apple and twenty five percent Android. So I mean, it's it does seem like the the kind of the obvious choice for a number of different technical reasons. I think the problem ends up being not the problem, but I sometimes when I look in the Facebook um, in your Facebook group, and it's not really your Facebook group, but the CGM no. in the cloud Facebook group, you, you see people who are like they want it so badly and they're indignant about it. They're like, why is, why are we being ignored? And I'm like, I, I wish you understood. You're not, I don't think you're being ignored. Yeah. I think somebody's hustling along as quickly as they can. Um, but, but there's a, an inherent responsibility with Dexcom to say, if they tell you, look, you can send your child away from you and this thing is going to let you know if their blood sugar is falling, then it damn well better let you know if their blood sugar is falling. And, right. and, and they need to be, you know, certain beyond a, a reasonable doubt that that's going to happen. So, yeah. you know, I mean, that's that's really... It, so let me ask you this. Besides mm-hmm. the Android uh, not being available through the, you know, through Dexcom, 
because I almost don't know what are the real differences between using Night Scout and using the the proprietary Dexcom uh, app. So the real the real difference just obviously since the Night Scout data is going to a repository and then um, Lane's and Ross Naylor's original code was that web view that most mm-hmm. people are familiar with. Um, it, it is just that, a web view. So you can bring it up on any web browser, right? So you're not limited to sending people follow invites. Right. So, so if you want to follow somebody with, with Night Scout, it's de- device agnostic, right? And you're not limited to five people or whomever. And the other advantage, you know, and, and Dexcom will have Apple Watch support when that rolls out. Yeah, they seem like but, they're going to be there right front and center with that. Yeah, and so we have, you know, Pebble Watch support. So that was one of the, I mean, that was, for me, immediately, That's that was the first view that I really wanted. So, it, I mean, it was the day the Pebble came out. I went up and, and picked it up and got it running that night because I was tired of pulling my phone out all the time. It, not out of laziness, you know, partially out of just, courtesy to my coworkers. No, John, I did a, a review of the the share to like an initial review. And my, my, when I thought of what I wanted, you know, what I would like in addition to, I just wish that when, you know, I get an alert on, on the screen without unlocking the phone, but it doesn't have the blood sugar on it. So then I've got to swipe it. Then I've got to unlock mm-hmm. my phone and then the, the app launches. And I'm like, Oh my God, I wish it was just in the, I wish it was in the data that popped up or, and and I'm not a watch wearer. So John, I'm in a weird position. I'm a I really love technology, but it needs to be I'm a very specific person. Like I like I think what you guys is doing is is amazing, but I can't make that leap. Like it needs to be like this done product that I can buy and unwrap in a package. And then I'm then I'm really good with it. I love yeah. new stuff, right? I love to get it, but I'm not a watch wearer. I can't for the life of me figure out why I would need an Apple Watch. And at the same time, I can't figure out how to stop myself from buying one <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i've got a watch the last watch i had was when i was 12 years old mm-hmm. and then i i bought a pebble in you know 2013 you didn't have a calculator I, I <laughs> <laughs> no it was a, it was a birthday gift i think for my dad right. so i was fond of that watch but um so the pebble was the first watch i'd worn in you know 20 some years and it was only because i wanted evan's blood sugar to be glanceable and Laura and I, early on, we've had an iOS viewer app since almost day one, since before we even had the Android uploader okay. working, right. because I wanted push notification mm-hmm. to you know tell me, hey, Evan's going low, this is his blood sugar, and just yeah, a treatment's been entered. And unfortunately, with with Night Scout, it's not as easy. There are there are some methods I think that Jason Calabrese and a couple other folks have put together um, using. Um, an app called Pushover, which allows allows you to tie into another app's push notification and let Night Scout push to that. Um, but since everyone sets up their own instance of Night Scout on their own server, yeah, there's no unified push to to you know, we have a newly released Night Scout iOS app. There's no push to it; it's just a web viewer. So that and that's that always bothers me a, a little bit but but i think I, we, we can get there pushover is a good option and it's interesting just to see where the technology is going so the next version of the pebble watch pebble um 
It's their version 3.0 of their software. And also their newer watch, the Pebble Time, has an interface that will allow you to, in real time, push to individual watches. So I think we'll finally, for Pebble wearers anyway, actually get some very robust push notifications. And that will work on the older watches and, and the newer ones coming out. So to me, that that's exciting because that's sort of what I've enjoyed these past couple of years and wish I could easily give that portion away. But I think I think we're finally getting there with the Pebble. And it would be nice to see something broader like that from Apple, but I don't I don't know that they would ever do that. Right. Let, let, me, I, let me so I'm listening to you talk and I, I I keep I keep thinking the same thing. I keep wondering, first of all, there's an incredible passion coming from you, which I think obviously is rooted in the love for your son. Mm-hmm. And and but at the same time you've guys have you you've accomplished so much. Like you were at South by Southwest last week. So you've accomplished so much. What what would happen if you woke up tomorrow and everything Dexcom offered out of the box was everything that Night Scout was and you just woke up and thought, I, I guess I don't need to do this anymore. Would you are you driven to be in this in this space now? I mean, do you have uh, like a like a like a a feeling that you want to continue on with medical devices? Or are you happy with the job you have? I mean, would you would you just be thrilled if this all just magically happened and you weren't involved with it anymore? Or like what would have to happen before let, let me break it down into two two <laughs> questions because I asked a lot there. What no, would worse. what would have to come from Dexcom for you to go, we don't need to do this anymore? Um Yeah, I don't know. I th- I think I will always tinker just me personally, but right. as far as you know, pushing stuff out to a wider audience. Yeah. I th- I think I mean I I hope they they see the need for the care portal. I mean, that is a huge feature, I think, that that kind of just is a bit under the radar for Night Scout. Once the users see it and use it and realize how great that is to have basically real-time treatments show up on that chart along with their blood glucose data. So somebody through the Night Scout app says, I just bolused or I just gave insulin or something like uh-huh. that, and then the person wearing the remote monitor sees that. Yeah, the person wa- watching the web view. So along with the CGM data, you'll see treatment data. Okay. So you can see I was someone was you know Evan was bolused for two units, you know fifty fifty grams at three thirteen. So you see you see that data in real time. Is that because? A, uh, so I'm I'm trying to infer my own thoughts onto this, but is that because like I used to tell people that. I could run an hour like a time clock in my head because I always wanted to test an hour after insulin. Like, is it because you need to sort of know when the insulin happens and when the food happens to stay kind of abreast of, of yeah. the day, right? And it's it's a situational awareness, yeah. That that we can we can implement pretty easily through the Night Scout web web page. So the the care portal actually was something. Laura and I were using from day one before a CGM, before we had a pump, okay. any of it. So we, when Evan went back to daycare two weeks after diagnosis, I had a website for that, for the daycare nurse mm-hmm. to enter all this data. And Laura and I would get the emails and the text notifications. And then I would take that data and put it into what, what started as a spreadsheet. Right. And I would put nutrition data, and my goal was always to say, 
how accurately can I dose Evan's insulin? So we have these wonderful devices that are super precise at giving insulin, but if I if I'm not accurately dosing him, you know, yeah, what what's, what's, what's really yeah. the point? So so that's where all this extra data that Night Scout collects would come come into play. So now newer versions and and Jason Calabrese who works tirelessly and deserves a tremendous amount of credit and kudos for his work on the remote monitor por- portion the 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 web view so so he and I worked on integrating some of the care portal features but he really brought that over the the finish line right in time for you know the school year this year for folks so that really got a lot of people up and running in September and he's added, you know, IOB numbers and carbs on board. So really improving people's awareness of 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 what's going on in that in that moment. So I think that is sort of that Night you, you would love to see that. What's that? You would love to see the care portal be integrated. Yeah, yeah. yeah I would like to see if see Dexcom's system. And maybe it's not for them to build. Maybe it's something that I would expect from Tidepool. I mean, Tidepool has a relationship with Dexcom, but I'm not real clear on what the real-time data. John, there's there's Tidepool, Night Scout, Dextrip, something else in a Tic Tac box. Um, There are so much going on. This this thing needs its own Wikipedia page because I I can't follow it. Um, it, It's just there's so many kind of great, cool, crazy things happening in you know with in different people's hands. How many how many man hours do you think you have? Um, Do you have any way of knowing? No, I mean, I've been lighter on the direct involvement really since it went open source. I think Jason Calabrese, Ben West, and and there's like Kevin Lee and and there's other folks that have really picked it up and they're or, still, yeah, they're yeah, really still involved. And they're and they're better software engineers than me and and they're they're motivated. And part of it was, you know, I sort of worked in solitude in my house for a year. Right. And I just I, I kinda needed a break. So I sure. mean I'll pop in once in a while and help when I can, you know, even if it's just sending Stephen Black a share cradle, right? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, right? It's like, I'll, I'll, I'll do what I can, but I don't. And I've said it before that, you know, I think I get too much credit for just by virtue of where I am in the timeline of the story. Mm-hmm. People like to hear where it started that's what, yeah. That's why I reached but, out to you because I wanted to start at the beginning, and, I'm, and I, I fully would love to keep talking to people about it, except that I can't, for the life of me, figure out what the timeline is. Anyway, um, but maybe those people <laughs> I can, can reach I can, out to me. I can write it down for you. That I would mean, be very nice. But at the, but at this point, it's really hard. You know, I would love to write a post and and give everyone credit from the the Kate Farnsworth, who is like the saint of the group. I mean, she helps so many people and Christine Deltrep and Jonathan Moore that took, you know, my rough pebble code and have really grown it. So there's, there's very little of my original code left that's even been replaced left. by yeah. much better stuff, fortunately for everybody. That's amazing. So John, and, there's gotta be like close to 12,000 people in that Facebook group, right? Yeah. It's, it's getting, getting close to that. Do you no. think, how many of those people do you think actually have a rig going? 
Um, I think, uh, yeah, I'd have to look at the number of what they call forks from the GitHub code repository. I want to say it was around 3,000, but I, I could be off by. That's amazing, though. So you, you're, there's 3,000 families out there that's being helped by something that you and a lot of other people have put an insane amount of time into. There's there's a lot of there's a lot to be proud of there. I don't know how many people actually thank you for it. I'm sure a lot do, but even though I don't use it, I I would like to thank you. It's no, people are very grateful, and it's and it's always it's bittersweet, right? You know, I mean, diabetes is not something we'd ever wish for, but to think that you know my son's that Evan's diabetes has helped other people. You know, it it's 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 a measure of you know, someone once said, you know, it's like if my child's going to have diabetes, it's going to be for a reason, and and I, there's, uh, you know, I can't say that there wasn't a reason anymore, right? I mean, yeah. Now, John, John, listen, I started blogging, I think, just uh, God knows why, right? And then it, my blog was very advocacy based, and at some point, I thought, well, I do like doing this, but if I'm going to keep doing this, I can't just write about the JDRF every five seconds. And then I became more open about it, and then you start hearing back from more and more people who say, like, wow, your transparency is helping me. And then the first time you get an email back that says something, you know, I mean, it, it, it's embarrassing to say, but like, you know, you saved us, or you saved me from this, you know, this protracted problem that I could have ended up having to live through before I figured it out. And you think, wow, this is this is special. Like I, John, I don't, you and I don't know each other, you know, hardly at all. But I wasn't really what you would call a chicken soup for the soul kind of person, you, you know, before my daughter got diabetes. And and this blog showed me a different side of the world I didn't even know existed. And I right. want to, I continually want to be a part of it. It's going to be, my blog is going to be eight years old this summer, and I don't, and I don't sell ads on it. Like I, you know, I don't. You know, nothing like that. And I don't want to, I don't want to stop doing it because you get an email, you know, more often than you would think that says that my kid's A1C is this, and I'm texting back and forth with my child while they're at school, or I'm using your daughter's 504 plan or something yeah. like that. And you think, wow, I, I just, I just want somebody else's day to be a little easier. Maybe if I, you know, trip through something that I could tell back to somebody else that would make their life better, even in some tiny, tiny way. Yeah. And for Laura, for Laura and I, there was that moment when we had everything working and, you know, we were, we were out at a restaurant and, and it was, it was that moment where we said, this is awesome. You know? Yeah. You have to give this to somebody else. Yeah. And it was, what do we do with this? And people, I mean, it was very frequent people say, Oh, so you're going to patent that you're going to sell that. And I was like, ah, you know, I mean, no, I mean that's that's not really what I want to do with it. Right. And besides that, it's I mean I mean, I'm putting words in your mouth, but I'm guessing like you weren't sitting around thinking, Wow, I've discovered something Dexcom doesn't even know about. Like you had to have a feeling like they were just on a slower track to it than you were. And it was yeah. probably yeah, it was gonna take forever to get out. Yeah, they but. had patent disclosures and stuff that clearly showed mobile software in development. And really, I mean, my initial inspiration came probably from seeing family in town, the Mayos, uh, they had a my century. Yeah. And I saw that. I said, that would be awesome if you could take it outside of the house. Right. <laughs> you know? right, 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 if, right. If, if I, if that data continued to come to me while, you know, my child was at, at, at school. Yeah. So that was within two weeks of diagnosis. I saw that technology and said, it's almost perfect. It just needs to be ambulatory. Yeah. Right. A little bump around, make it a little smaller. So it fits in somebody's so, pocket. 
yeah, there was very, very much a notion in my head that I haven't created anything. I just put some pieces together and built the system that my family needs to sort of feel normal. And we were so new to type one yeah. that that's all we wanted. We wanted, we wanted, we wanted to time travel. Life. We wanted to feel normal again. And, and, you know, for whatever reason, I had the specific set of skills that allowed me to cobble together some awful software, but <laughs> it worked for us. And, you know, since it was mine, I was able to keep it running for us and, and, you know, iterate, I called, you know, Laura likes to call herself the chief of user experience. So she had a lot of feedback on, you know, how things should work and, you know, what was convenient and what wasn't. Right. So, so, I mean, it was very quick and iterative and it was just for my family. But as soon as I started talking to Lane and, and Howard and saw just how far and, you know, how stark that need for these sort of systems was, I was, I was very compelled to, to share it. But again, I, I can't even take credit for that. I mean, I really have to give it to, to Lane and Howard for, for inspiring that. And yeah. then basically, well, listen, you guys are really brave because it's a, it's a litigious society and you know, you, nobody would have blamed you if you said, there's no way I'm sharing this with anybody else. So, you know, you're really to be lauded. It's a, it, it's a, it's a great leap of, you know, humanity, what you did. And, well, and it's a great group. I mean, I think, you know, I'm just, one spec in there, there's 12,000 people that have continued to sort of pay it forward. And, right. and like I said, I w someday I'll publish a list of every individual and thank them for their specific contribution because it's so vast. And, yeah. and really, it's just a great, loving community. And I, and I hope the folks that are contributing feel as good about it as, as, as I do and feel that, hey, you whether you answered one question or one million in the group or developed one line of code or 10 million, you know, you're a huge part of it still. You, yeah. You, it's, it's just great. It's just, yeah. it's a great community. Listen, it's, it's, I, I would think that people would understand that, you know, this is not your job. You obviously have a full-time job that takes care of your family. And, right. and, uh, I hope they hear you here, you know, on the podcast telling people this because it's, it's difficult. Like there are times I want to say something on the blog and I'm, I just don't have time you know, like, like this is a great example. Like, you know, there's so many times I want to reach out to people and say, look, I'm so sorry. I haven't written about night scout, but you know, yeah. I, I, I'm not a, prof you know, this blog is not my profession. I'm, this is a personal blog that just happens to, you know, get a, get a decent amount of traffic. So I'm doing my best and I'm sure everybody understands that you're doing your best. And, um, yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it would, you know, I just want folks to know how appreciative I am. And it's like South by Southwest, I would have loved to invite about 50 people yeah. to come up. But, you know, there was a certain story they wanted. So so that's what we gave them. And hopefully, as time goes on, you know, that, you know, I can pass that torch, right. you know, further, further down the timeline. Right. Because really, I mean, the whole point in building this stuff is to return to normal, right? So, so I can go yeah. to my day, day job and do do well there and play with my kids at night and 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 that's where we're at i just you know i want folks to to feel appreciated and enjoy their lives and continue to work together and whomping on type one uh, that's cool dude it's a it's really an amazing uh community so 
what if I just if I some, if somebody wants to find it, they just go to Facebook and then search CGM in the cloud. It'll CGM take the group. in the cloud. And if you Google Night Scout at this point, I think nightscout.info is the first page that comes up, and that's sort of the main hub of guides and and whatnot. And that'll get you into the the Facebook group as well. Okay. It's not, is it fair to say that it's not for everybody? I mean, is there a certain segment of technically challenged people who would just, it would be too much for, do you think? Or is that how the community comes in? The kind of that's where the community steps you through it. They'll baby step you through. I mean, if you get on that group and just ask a question, I mean, we have this basically a 24 by seven support group and they're amazing. I would, I would put their support skills up against 99% of industry. Yeah. And it, it, if, if they're not as good, they're, they're probably better and quicker on the response than what's, most. What's the cost business. to get set up? I mean, what could I expect it to cost me if I was getting involved? Well, um, phones. I mean, if you go, if you want to put it on your existing plan, it's usually, it's a little costlier to go that way because you end up paying what, 40 bucks a month usually for most smartphones to be added to a share plan. Mm-hmm. But you can get a subsidized phone in that case, so maybe it's a toss-up long-term. But you can get decent phones for around $70. And cell service, I want to say Ting, which is a popular choice, runs around $10 a month. But that's strictly for about 500 megabytes of data. And, I mean, all told, I think you can get up and running for for around that $100. In that, Mark. No kidding. Mark. John, what about somebody asked online when they knew I was talking to you about privacy with the cloud? Is how safe is? See, I have to admit, I'm not. I'm all for privacy. I'm, I'm not. I don't want to throw my information all over the place if I don't need to. But I have a hard time imagining why it matters if anybody can see my daughter's blood sugar. Um, I, I guess that some people think that I guess insurance could get a hold of it at some point and use it to drop you or, or, or that kind right. of thing. But what are what are people's main concerns about privacy and are they should they be concerned while they're using Night Scout? People don't it's not a common thread in the group. People yeah. saying, Hey, how come I can't authenticate to this? And if it were a huge need, there's enough folks in the group and enough developers that somebody would have added that in at this point. So mm-hmm. really what it is, it's it's privacy or security through obfuscation, right? So everyone has their own web address. So unless you share that, nobody's going to be able to find you or your child's Night Scout website. Okay. It'd be really difficult unless you publicized it gotcha. somewhere yeah. and, and made it available. Now people are sharing it with school nurses, but... I doubt anybody's sharing it with their insurance company. Yeah, yeah right. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of and those that, things. That would be the, the, the main, you know, sort of like question. What's the insurance company going to say if they see this? But as far as people mucking with someone's blood glucose data, I haven't heard a single story of that yeah. at this point. Yeah, it, it's not, it, it didn't, it doesn't, it isn't something that would occur to me, I guess. But um, like I said, somebody asked the question. Um, okay, so. Sort of to recap, if if at this point, if I have an iPhone or an Android phone, I can use Night Scout. Um, mm-hmm. Do they they come through? You now have it submitted to the Apple Store, right? So that I can get it from the App Store. So the the Night Scout app in the App Store is simply 
a viewer. It's just a very basic, basically you put in your web address right. and it, and it shows it and it gives you an option to keep the screen on. And the main advantage of that app is it gives the app permission to play audio off the bat. One of the things that Safari and some of the web browsers on, on iOS aren't good at is, is playing HTML5 audio. Okay. So I overcome that. It's a single line of code in the app that basically says, if this website starts playing audio, play it. Right. And that's your, that's your, alarm. that's, that's the night scout app. Yeah. And that's the alert from, from the web browser. That app does not upload data to, to night scout yet. It'll be something we work on at some point. This is a, a ever changing, quickly changing kind of beast. Do you guys, right. are, you guys are always moving forward. So what's your next goal? Is that to have a fully functional iPhone app? Yeah, something. So now that we know how to talk to the share too, either myself or I'll, or I'll ping a couple other folks. I know that have some, some good iOS skills to say, Hey, let's implement the, the Bluetooth portion to talk to a share too. Um, so that, 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 and I think one of the bigger uses I see use cases I see out there are multiple families with multiple type one folks. Right. And right now the, the night scout iOS app just shows a single web page. Okay. So it'd be nice to be able to support Do those folks. Those. So okay. I think that would probably be the next, feature I'd want to add but we'll, but we'll see it's really just demand and I don't have a ton of time so I'm I'm, I'm trying to round up some other iOS developers to get involved and to get involved and share but, to, and share to you have do you guys have an Android app now that works with share too I mean is the rig gone um it'll get there yeah, yeah so right now so Steven had his breakthrough he and Lorelei really got it working just last week so Steven's put up a, a beta Android app That'll connect, and as far as I know, folks are having great good luck, luck with, with that. And so that wirelessly is piping data from the share too. And again, you can do it um, on iOS, but it you're going to use Dexcom's app and basically on the back end pull their data out of out of their database. Okay, and pipe it into NiceCloud. So f- folks that want to see how to set it up in those different ways, the the group's the best way so if they're not in the group already join join the group the cj in the cloud group and just ask just yeah, ask how, do, how free... do i get this running on ios i have a share too okay you know and, and somebody will give you the link or walk you through it wow. so that's amazing yeah i i don't know i don't know another way to say it it's amazing it's it's a really fantastic look at you know what the diabetes community does when it comes together i mean that's I don't know that that's something you would see in in every walk of life. I think it speaks to how personal having type one is to people, and and how affected, you know, how much it affects you, and how much it turns you into a person who says, you know, the same thing with a blog or anything else. Like I know something, I I want to tell it to you. I want your life to be easier too. And yeah, it's a it's an amazing testament to the to the types of people that that you guys have involved and and that the community at large is. I, I don't even know another way to say how how amazing that is. So really something else. Well, John, cool. I got to tell you, man, thanks very much um, for taking the time. I know you, uh, we were supposed to talk a couple of nights ago, but you uh, flew home from uh, 
South by Southwest and sat next to a uh, a coughing man on the plane. <laughs> that was on the way there. So oh, on the way there. Fortunately, it held off until after the the presentation. Yeah. But for the next three days, I was just clogged right up. <laughs> nice. I said to John, I was like, "You have to do all the talking. I don't know anything about Night Scout, <laughs> so I just I can just ask the questions." Uh, really great to get together. I, 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 I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And, um, you know, I, ho- I hope everybody looks in on night scout and, you know, it, I mean, to be perfectly honest, if this is, this is appealing to somebody, whether it's night scout with Android or with the, you know, the extra data that you guys are able to pull out of the system, or if it's just going and getting the system directly from Dexcom and, and, and using it, you know, out of the box, the way they yeah. have it, yep. it's, I, I can't tell you enough what it's done for, for my family, you heard what it's done for Evans. And I mean, it really could be, it's, it's a real, it's a real way to feel secure and safe and to be able to make better decisions and quicker decisions and, and keep blood sugars in range. Um, I I can't say enough good stuff about it. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. Whether it's share or night scout doesn't matter to me. I mean, I got no stake in either, you know, it's, it's like, you know, Whatever works for folks, and I occasionally you'll see a thread where people get into some heated debate as to which is better. But it, it's an individual yeah, choice, and like, like you said, you you want you want a system that you can call a company and say, "Hey, this isn't working," and that's good enough reason to go with it, right? Yeah. I mean, it, so everyone everyone should feel free to choose and not be judged on that. It's. So, John, well, as we're finishing up, tell me, um, can you give me permission to buy an Apple Watch? Do I need one? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I can't give you permission yet. My, I was my, asking you to tell my wife, John. What are you doing? <laughs> I, I want to see, see specifically what the functionality is going to be. So, I, so I'm going to get one to, to do some Night Scout work right. with and to see exactly how – it can be used. My concern is that if it's not glanceable in the same way that the Pebble is, because the Pebble's always on, it's an e-ink display, gotcha. and it's not draining power, but that screen on the Apple Watch, I don't know that we can persist a blood glucose on that 24-7, Yeah, right? and how is that going to work? If you're, Are you going to have to touch the watch or the dial on the side to bring it up? And Right, which is still faster than, than reaching in your pocket. Than, than reaching in, in the pocket. Yeah. So I think we'll... We'll develop something, but whether whether it's personally something I want or not. But yeah. I think as as a share user, if Dexcom is going to implement that. I th- I think it's a pretty safe bet for you. Yeah, yeah. But I would definitely wait maybe a day and see exactly how Dexcom is implementing it and see if it's really going to benefit you. Yeah, right. Now, well, I can tell you that I'm I have this very. Um, it's not as pie in the sky as it was when I first had the wish, but I'm I'm trying really hard to find a sponsor to give one away on the podcast here for people who are using the Dexcom share. So um, I don't know if I can make that happen or not, but I am uh, I am trying earnestly uh, behind the scenes to get that to happen. It seems like Dexcom will throw you a couple, right? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not where I can get it from. But I, I'm getting closer to a sponsor for the podcast, and I'm trying Super. to talk. I'm trying to talk them into a into an Apple Watch to give away to people. Um, nevertheless, John, thanks so much, man. I, I, I can't thank you enough for, for coming on the show and, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. I, if there's, if there's more to share, I'd like to get back in touch. And in the meantime, I'll, I'll get you to email me that list of the, of the scads of other people who are, are, are involved. There you go. Take we'll care. Do.
All right. Have a great night. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Bye-bye.